Well, guys, welcome to the James Gang Bible Study. You are in for a very special treat tonight. You'll be glad that you came or that you called in. Our speaker tonight has been my dear friend since 1991. Wow. He's one of the founding members of Generations Church, back when it was called Shady Grove Church, meeting in the Ken and Barbie house in Western Hills Plaza. Joe's a father of three wonderful children and a husband to a wonderful wife for 37 years. He recently retired from IBM. Before that, he worked for Lockheed. Before that, he worked for General Dynamics. Before that, he pastored a church in Gatesville, Texas. Before that, he pastored a church in Springfield, Ohio. You're in for a very special treat. Joe's a man of God and one of the pillars in this house, and he has served for years as an elder here. He stepped down from that role, but he's really still one of the elders. Come right on, Joe. Bring us the word, brother. The topic we want to look at tonight is out of James 5, verses 10 and 11. And uh, it's endurance or perseverance depending on the translation that you've got. The the Greek uh, means to abide under, to bear up courageously. So what we want to do tonight is not look at just putting up with issues in our lives, but we want to look at it from the point of view of the believer. How do we deal with with endurance? How do we deal with the, the, the issues that are prolonged that we may not be comfortable with? I want to later give some of you a chance to share any any particular stories that you might have, but I'll start off uh, at least with with one of mine. Um, when I got out of high school, uh, I went uh, to Oregon Bible College, which was a small Bible college in Oregon, Illinois. Everybody wants to put it in the state of Oregon, but this little bitty farm town about 90 miles west of Chicago. And uh, like a lot of young men, I had the plan. I, uh, I was, there was a, a handful of things I really wanted to accomplish, and I didn't think any of them were out of the ordinary. Number one, I wanted to serve God. I wanted to be a pastor at that point in time. Uh, number two, I wanted to uh, marry a godly wife. I wanted to have a godly family. I wanted to be able to to uh, provide for them with a good job. I wanted to be able to have enough finances to buy the house and all that kind of thing that goes with it. Well, as easy and as simple as that seemed to me at that point in time, which was around 19 or 20, all of those pieces in that that particular uh, that particular goal, which started at 19, were not completed until I was about 45. Now, I struggled with a lot of that. Uh, I was not particularly... Uh, I didn't think that I was asking for a lot or seeking a lot or, or out of the ordinary. But uh, instead of going to college for four years, I went eight. Now, that was my own choosing. 
I went to Oregon Bible College and graduated in 1971. Had a chance to go into a, a graduate program. Uh, it was really what we called the internship program for pastors in Arizona. While I was there, I thought, well, I really would like to come back and teach at the Bible College level. So I stayed out there and got a degree in education from Arizona State University. So, well, that's not all that particularly a, a, a big deal in terms of time. It was around about that eighth year that I began to, to, to see things in a little different light. I kept contact with some of my friends uh, in high school and some of my friends in college. And during those eight years, they were doing what I wanted to do. They were finishing up school, they were getting married, they were starting their families, they were buying houses, and they were going on with their lives. When I left Arizona in May of 1975, I put everything I owned in a 64 Ford Falcon and drove back to the Midwest. Now, I'm still a single guy in a in a in a pastor in a pastorate in uh, Springfield, Ohio. At that point, now, 16 days after my 29th birthday, I married Laura. So some of the pieces are starting to put together, but not all of them. I'm still just it, for all of those of you that have been in in any kind of full-time ministry, you can starve to death. And uh, and we were getting pretty good at that. Not really starving, but it was it was uh, there was not a lot of uh, abundance, I would say, at that point. And so I would uh, I would struggle with some of that, and 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 just go before the Lord and say, Lord, why year after year are are things tough, because I want to provide for my family. I want to take care of my family like anybody else. And somewhere around that 45th year, and now my kids are starting to, to uh, my oldest, Jennifer, is, is in eighth grade. I had one of those, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, kind of one of those V8 moments, you know, where you slap yourself upside the head and uh and i'm i'm a combination of praying and 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 kind of thinking about the years and it occurred to me that the lord had ordered my steps the lord had ordered my steps psalm 119 133 says, direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Now, I had sought the Lord in every phase of that. And I'm trying to figure out why everything's going so slow. And my story, as we're going to get into our verses, we've got some individuals in our text that have a great deal more issues in life than I had, but it was my story. And it was my walk with the Lord. And so I was trying to deal with that. 
and understand what the Lord was doing in my in my life. Let's look at uh, our text in James, the fifth chapter. And if somebody would read verses 10 and 11. Brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord's very compassion Compassionate and merciful. Okay. James wants us... Sorry, I just lost my place. This is... I'm wondering if using this electric Bible is going to be good or bad. We'll find out. But James is wanting us to understand the importance of endurance, the importance of perseverance... And he wants to start here by saying there are great examples of that in the prophets. For us, really, literally, the Old Testament. That they're an example of suffering and patience. And then he goes on, in verse 11, he says, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. So there is a blessing there. It's not a matter of if we're going to have to endure things in life. It's a matter of when we're going to have to do it. Because it happens to everyone. Then he he goes on, James does, and he says, You have heard of the perseverance of Job, and this is what I really like, and have seen the end intended by the Lord. You have seen the end of Job's life. If you stop before you get to the end of Job's life, you say, what a poor, wretched person. What a person who has to suffer the kinds of things he suffered. He had great wealth, family, everything. And, and of course, the story is that God allowed Satan to take that away. And if we leave him like that, it's a terrible story. Nobody's going to read about it. But the end of the story is what's important, and that, brothers, is what we really want to focus on tonight. The, The whole story, the whole picture, and not just a slice of it. If... if if I had to pick out one person in the Old Testament, and I'd, I'd like to kind of open this up, and anybody has anyone from the Old Testament they'd like to to uh, to share who's been important. Joseph, and I'm going to refer to him several times in in this discussion tonight, but Joseph was a was from from a young man. Joseph was more than just we shared a name. Uh, Joseph was just an illustration to me of what faithfulness is. Thirteen years he was a, a, a slave, 
or he was in prison for 13 years and didn't deserve any of it. And again, it's the end of the story, the whole story that makes the difference with Joseph. Anybody have anybody else that you, in the Old Testament, that's meant something particularly to you? Hmm? Daniel. You know, he's about 15, taken from his family, put in a foreign country, probably from what the scripture says, lost his manhood, you know, serving in the king's palace. And he has these dreams, he goes and those, but if you read the entire story, you see that he's in Babylon for 70 years. Um, before And then going to the media Persian, and then comes the lion's den. He's got to be about 85 mm. when he gets thrown in the lion's den. <clears throat> I mean, he's a guy that's endured quite a bit, and he never gave up on his face. Yeah. Anybody else? Another one I thought of, uh, Ruth. Um, uh, she lost her husband. She lost her father-in-law. She lost her brother-in-law, and there are three women. Her mother-in-law wants to go home. Her sister-in-law wants to stay. But her, her words are actually, they're always classic to me. Where he says, she says to her mother-in-law, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. And she did. She bore that out through her whole life. And, of course, the testimony of her lineage is with us. And she plays an important part in the salvation story. Anybody else? you have any Anyone else you can think of? You know, if you look at that from the natural, it, it would sound like, boy, those before the end result, those, those people didn't have bad luck. They wouldn't have no luck. <laughs> Somebody ought to write a song it's about that. Like nothing would ever work right, but you have to look at the end to, to see the purpose of God. getting it, I'm gone. I'm out of here. 
two waiting for my first child in my marriage. He was six. You know, we're tight. Since our dad was a non-participating dad, I was more or less a dad. We lost him to a terrible disease thing. And uh, I never, hardly week goes by when I wonder what would he have been like. Mm-hmm. And then all of that. Uh, my grieving, I won't, I refuse to let go of my my grieving in that way. Because uh, hardly anybody remembers him. And only I knew him well. <clears throat> that being said, when I finally got over sidestepping Christian walk, uh, got sober, and I bought a Bible, not unlike this. Held on to it. My first Bible ever on. Then I decided a few years later to read the whole thing. And it took me uh, six months or so, a few pages each night. And the Bible has the prefaces of the books in it. You know, that kind of thing. Introduction. When I got to the book of James, by then I knew the, the word. I knew the real deal. I had some back, some research, and I had a picture of. When I got to the book of James and read the intro, I wept. I could not read. I could not start that book that night. <clears throat> that is relating to mental stress and long suffering. Patience and endurance. But the reason I wept was <clears throat> it was for my relationship never consummated with my little brother. Because here's a guy, James, who played with, <clears throat> probably slept on the same mat with, lower as a child. And then didn't become a believer, and what a powerful leader he was. And here's where I would put endurance. Can you imagine, man, with all what he did with the word and leadership in the, in the early Christian thing? I can only imagine his endurance because he knew. If he was taken up, he'd be with his brother. He'd be with the Lord. But he had a commitment. He had a plan. God had a plan for him years still. And the boy, you know, am I doing good enough? I mean, mm-hmm. will I be greeted well enough? Will I, I, mean, can you, I can't stand imagine the stress level, mental endurance that he must have gone through mm-hmm. every night when he laid his head down. Mm. I've thought of that often. Yeah. Okay. So, we're good. That's good. What we want to do is, is is take a look now at some some elements of of endurance. Uh, endurance always implies time. The concept of endurance implies time, and we're not talking about hours and days. 
but we're probably talking about months and years. Now, our in I want to say in our culture, but I think it's human nature, we want everything resolved by this weekend because we want to be able to be free of any of the issues that 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 are pulling at and and life doesn't work that way again joseph's thirteen years how long was was noah hundred and twenty um You know, I'm sure Joseph is, is is thinking in his own mind, and Noah probably too, what is this? Give me more of this. Let me understand, God, what everything you're doing here. And God doesn't necessarily do that. I had a a, a, a young man that that was falsely accused, and I hurt, I ached for that that young man. Uh, I just really hurt for him. And I kept thinking the whole time, Lord, ease the pain that he had. Ease the, the hurt. And the Lord worked that out in his own time. <clears throat> and so initially we have to understand that that this is a time issue. It doesn't get resolved Overnight, sometimes it does. Sometimes we're fortunate and blessed, and it it, uh, it it gets worked out quickly. The next point that I want to take a look at briefly is out of Psalm 118 and verse eight. And you don't have to turn to that. I'll I'll read it for you. Uh, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. And often when it comes to these struggles with endurance, it has to do with this foundational principle. And it it can happen uh, (coughs) even though we know what we ought to do, often we, we get in some kind of something similar to this. We're wounded at work. A promotion comes and goes, and it's not given to us. There's a problem in our marriage. There's problems with our kids. There's problems in other aspects of life. And and we get our focus off Christ, and we get focus on those problems, and we become bitter, and we hold on to that. Um, Sometimes people quit church for those reasons. They're wounded and they focus on the issue of the the person who wounded them instead of looking at Christ. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. People will hurt you. And we can say that from personal experience, and and part of it is we've hurt other people. I I cannot think of any time I intentionally went out to hurt somebody, but I have, and found it out later. Uh, 
circumstances in life are going to we're going to get burned on them. We're going to be hurt by people. We're going to we're going to get into situations that are painful and take time to resolve. Matthew the 5th chapter says, "Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now these aren't the most comfortable verses for me. Blessed are you when people insult you. Now obviously the, 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 the context here is that that we are doing what God wants us to do. Now, sometimes in life, where hard times come because of mistakes we make, decisions we make that are wrong. And so some of that pain in life, in, a set, in reality, we bring on ourselves. But God's even merciful to deal with that. And we can turn that around. There are also circumstances in life that are difficult to understand. I do not, I cannot explain always why there are tragedies in the world. And sometimes the mistake we make is that people do try to explain them. I can't tell you why. Aaron Gomez has had to be in a in a coma for over two years. That's a tough one. There are other people in our lives that there are other circumstances that people are in that are tough to explain. And sometimes I have to just simply say, I don't know why. I suspect that Joseph had to say that sometimes. I don't know why God is taking me through this. We had a, a early in the church history, we had a high school senior, a young man that was killed in a car accident. That was really very, very difficult. How do you, how do you explain that? And I, I'm not always good at it. And in, in the final analysis, we have to trust God. We have to believe that, that uh, he's in charge. You know, even, even uh, Job said in Job the third chapter, he says, May the day of my birth perish, and the night it was said a boy is born, that day, may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine upon it. Basically, Job, in his pain, is saying, why was I born? Why was I born to endure this? We need to remember that in the darkest hours, that that 
God is still in charge. He's still there. You know, one of the uh, one of the issues that that often clouds the picture is that Satan uh, will paint the most hideous picture of your circumstance. I never knew what a panic attack was. I've heard people refer to that. When uh, when I was working for General Dynamics, it was kind of the time between General Dynamics and we were outsourced to CSC. But at that time, General Dynamics was a large corporation. It had three large data data centers, one in Fort Worth, one in San Diego, and one in Norwich, Connecticut. And management decided they were going to save some money and they were, com- they were going to combine the three data centers here in Fort Worth. And I thought, wow, that's great. Uh, my job is is secure. Well, I didn't realize that the other two data centers were immediately going to hate us. They were either going to have to get an invitation for a job in Fort Worth or they were going to have to go look for a job. And to compound that, my my group lead decided she had had enough of all the problems and she walked out. And I come in the next day and my boss is basically handing it off to me. I wasn't prepared for that. And so what we had to do is we had to build software in Fort Worth and ship it to those two data centers. And anything in this transition process, anything that they could find out that was wrong, they were attacking us. And not that I got all the blame, but I got plenty of it. And there was one guy that that moved in from the West Coast, and I don't know why he did, because he hated it from the moment he came in. And he virtually, my boss actually tried to sabotage the the work that we were doing, and I, I, I couldn't verify that. But he had a particular dislike for me, and I don't know why. And and I remember, you know, when, when we would have a great deal of problems that I I learned the concept of the the biblical concept of uh carpet time. Uh, I was all right during the day but at night I got literally what I would have called a panic attack. I'd wake up at two in the morning and just just my chest would be tight, the the the, I would be, oh man, I'm going to get fired over this. I'm, you know, all of those things. And Satan just did a number on me. And I remember uh, on a number of nights, just laying flat out on the floor on the carpet, just in prayer to the Lord, saying, "Lord, where do I go with this? How do I deal with this, Lord? Deliver me from this." And uh, and the only word I got that that I knew what to do with, I was going to go to this guy, and I was just going to try and talk to him and say, whatever I've done, if I, however I've offended you, I apologize. I'd like to work it out. We need to work together. So I was all set to go in that day, and. Uh, 
and I only saw him once in the morning, and he just brushed by me real fast. He wasn't subtle at all about what he thought, and and he was very verbal about his criticism. So he just pushed aside and went on. And I found out that when he went by me, he was on his way out. That was it. That was it. He was done. And I, to this day, I don't know literally if he got fired or if he just walked out. I knew he didn't like it there. And I had heard he was looking at doing some business. But to this day, I still don't know because it was just like that and he was gone. And it was like uh, that the pressure was left. There was still plenty of issues there. But I really felt that the Lord had done a work in my life. He had heard my prayers. He had, he had, uh, he had, he had met my need. And uh, and we need just the, the 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 end result of that was over and over. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Um, one of the one of the ways that I think endurance makes more sense, and and this is a this is a little stretch because we're not very good at it, but to try and see if we can see the circumstances as God does. Again, we talked about uh, why while Job is is in utter pain and despair that James says that God had plans for him. He knew the end. He knew that for Joseph. He knows that for us. He knows the end. If you want to know what a person, uh, how a person is doing, we never take just a slice of time. You never just go up and look at one year in a person's life and characterize them by that slice of time. Thank goodness. Right, exactly. I would hate if everybody judged me by what I was like when I was in high school. Or at any other single point in time. And so, taking a look at the long haul, and Alan preaches this, Often, the story is not over yet. There's still more to go in a person's life. And in your life, there's more to go. One of the, one of the struggles that we have uh, is often we become a prisoner of the past. And uh, and we we hold on to the the resentments, the anger, the bitterness that held us. Uh, I I'm sure that it came into Joseph's mind that he had a right to be angry at his brothers for selling him into slavery. That he had a right to feel cheated when he was falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison. But there's never an indication that Joseph ever dwelled on any of that. 
part of the issue here, I think, and whether Joseph did it this way or not, I, I, I don't really know, but for those of us that have been believers over the years, it's very healthy to keep, whether it's written down or a, a mental journal, of what God has done in your life. And it's good, it's healthy from this point of view. There are going to be dark days, difficult days. And, and one of the things you have to ask yourself is, did God bring me through those to dump me here? Is he going to abandon me at this point? And we know the answer is no. Because those of us that can look at the answer to prayer, the, the open door opportunities, the blessings, we can see that God is, is a part of our lives. Um, Ephesians, the, three, uh, the third chapter in verse 20 says, Now to him who is able, now to him who is able, and God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is able. With Joseph, uh, he could think of, could it have been worse? Getting sold into slavery, getting thrown in prison, could it have been worse? And the answer really is yes. If he had gotten out of that pit that his brothers threw him in, remember there were nine out of ten brothers that wanted to kill him. Only one argued to sell him into slavery. Nine of the ten wanted to kill him. And any time, if he had gotten out of that pit and ran home, and it somehow voided the, the, the journey God was taking him on, it could have been worse. We have to trust that God is taking us where we need to go, even if it takes 13 years. Life doesn't always work out like we think it should. There are there are a lot of twists and turns along the way that make it that make it very difficult at times. I never desired to live in Texas. That was never in the cards, never in the plan. In fact, when Laura and I moved to Texas, I took a little church in Gatesville, Texas, very small little church, and it was with the agreement, they understood I was going to go back to school. And uh, uh, Laura, that was not the place Laura wanted to be. And we got a job offer to go to Fort Worth to General Dynamics. And uh, even at that point, we'd now been in Texas about two years, a little over two years. And we were even at that point trying to figure out how long did we need to be in Fort Worth before we could move back to the Midwest. It was, in our view, it was just a stepping stone to something else. In fact, I interviewed with uh, 
Federal Express in uh, in Colorado Springs, and I thought that's where we were going to go. <laughs> but God had every intention for us to be here. And this is where, this is now home. And I cannot see it with all that God has done over the years, with all the blessings, all the open doors, all the 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 things that he has done for my children, for my wife, in this church, I, I just almost cannot imagine being anywhere else. Now, that doesn't mean the Lord won't move us, but when you cannot predict what God will do. Uh, one of the tough verses when you're in the middle of a an issue and you're praying to endure it is, is in 1st and Thessalonians, the fifth chapter in verses 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. That's not an easy thing to do. It wasn't for me. How do we respond during prolonged periods of difficulty. We started out looking at examples at the Old Testament, at some key people there. Hebrews 11 is a, a, great, a great narrative about faithful men and women. But in some ways, we can see, we can see that here in, in Granbury, Texas. And... Uh, I, I mentioned earlier about Aaron Gomez uh, being in a coma for so long. I can't think of any two people as an example of enduring than Mark and Joy Gomez, his parents. Throughout the entire ordeal, I know it's been hard on them. I know they've shed many tears. They've sought the Lord to heal Aaron, and, and yet they have been faithful and have testified of God's goodness to them. And that's a tough one. And they've been faithful. Um, the last thing I want to say before I kind of open it up for anybody to, to share is um, after all the years of Joseph's life and the difficulties, and he's finally... He's finally moved his, his brothers and his father and their, all their family into Egypt. His father dies, and his brothers now, after all this, now are, are thinking, now with our father dead, Joseph may seek his revenge on us. And, and the words that Joseph uh, uses, are to me, are just absolutely classic. He, he comes up to them and he says, the, the, again, they're saying, can you forgive us? Are you going to, what are you going to do? And Joseph's words, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. You meant it for evil. God intended it for good. Does anybody have any, uh, any, Stories in your life, any experiences in your life that uh, you'd like to share? Charlie, did anyone else? 
God touched him prison. And he gave he gave the glory to God. And was given the glory to God before they let him out. Unbelievable story. Yeah. You know, could it be some injustice is so unbearable you have to have God? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mandela came out and could have become vengeful. Well, sure could. That stuff had long been burned out of him. Mm-hmm. Can we see if the guys are enduring here? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, have you endured long enough? You ready to share something? <laughs> I'm still here. I'm good. Good. Any insights? Anyone? Uh, no. I mean, he pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head. You know. Um, I mean, there's not really much to add, really, to it. We got endure endure trials, so. I don't know, Joe. Are you done? Yeah, uh, just if anybody had any any uh, experiences they wanted to share, that was that's that's what we have left. Or any questions? Well, um, first of all, I just I would want to say that uh, you did a great job, Joe. And then I have an observation I think, and, and the observation that I would make would be, uh, you know, as Pastor Allen introduced you, I noticed that he left your railroad shed completely out of the equation. Uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm wondering if I can take that personally. I also work for the BNSF Railway. Thanks, Greg.